Welcome to Hey Joe, a podcast answering questions asked by our listeners. Created by pet professionals for pet professionals. And now, your host, Hey Joe's very own, Joe Zuccarello. What's up, everyone? Joe Zuccarello here, and welcome to Hey Joe, a podcast brought to you by Paragon School of Pet Grooming. Check out our site at paragonpetschool.com for lots of really cool information on a variety of programs, products, and to connect to educational resources such as webinars, podcasts, current events, special news, certifications, and lots of other helpful information to help you grow yourself, your team, and of course your business. Let's get started with this week's episode. Hey there, everyone. This is Joe Zuccarello, your host of the Hey Joe podcast. This is a podcast where you get to listen in on a real coaching call between myself and an industry expert uh, in the pet industry, answering questions that we get all of the time. And most of those questions over the years have been submitted to us, and they usually start with the words, hey, Joe. So a couple of questions for you. You might be asking, uh, you might be asking yourself, what does it take to go from a beginner in the pet grooming industry to being one of the top and, and most talented professional groomers in the business? Or uh, uh, maybe you're wondering how can your career change when you seek out new skills or work on your craft? What challenges might you need to prepare for as you go down that journey? And if you find yourself asking, if I could only spend some time with a master in the grooming industry, I would love how, they, how to hear how they did it, what, they, what, they, what their story was, what their inspiration was. Well, then you're going to be thrilled to listen to the guests that I have for you today. Today, we're talking with Victor Rosado. Uh, Victor is, uh, my goodness, this guy's resume is about a mile long and just accomplishment after accomplishment. Some of them are you know, a grooming competitor with multiple wins, best in shows, best all around, you know, over a hundred awards in sporting and hand stripping and scissor breeds, uh, poodles, tournaments combined. It's just, it just goes on and on and on. If, if I'm sure uh, uh, Victor's information is out there and readily available to you, but uh, maybe you know who he is, but if, if not, you're going to get to know him very well after this podcast. You're going to want to listen to this entire podcast all the way through because there are just nuggets of gold all the way throughout, and I hate for you to miss an opportunity to benefit uh, by everything that Victor has to share with you. Uh, as always, you can go to paragonpetschool.com to not only uh, find this podcast if you want to listen to it again or share it with your friends or families or colleagues in the industry uh, and to learn more about Victor and also to download the transcripts to the podcast. You know, Victor and I today are going to be kind of talking about his path in this incredible industry from his very beginnings and all the way to where he is today. And I just want to put a shout out to the Hey Joe listener audience. Thank you for sending us your questions. This podcast thrives on questions submitted by you, our listener audience. If you want your question uh, uh, considered for a possible use on a future Hey Joe podcast, send your question to Hey Joe questions at Paragon petschool.com. And again, don't forget to go to paragonpetschool.com to not only listen to this podcast, but also hit subscribe if you haven't already. So let's get started with this week's episode and talking to Victor. All right. Hey, Joe, listener audience. This is Joe Zuccarello, your host. And I, as I mentioned in the introduction, am joined by one of the superstars in the professional grooming industry, and that's Victor Rosado. I got to tell you, Victor is not only an incredibly accomplished professional, but he's definitely recognized and respected. He's a recognized and respected authority uh, in the grooming industry. And, and while I might have done a little bit of an introduction 
of him. Victor, can you, uh, well, first off, Victor, thank you for joining us today. And can you tell us uh, a little bit about, uh, uh, a little bit about yourself? I know we'll take a little bit deeper dive, but uh, kind of tell us what, you, what are you up to this, these days? I'm intrigued about that guy. Who is it? Is that me? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, first of all, I was, I remember years ago, I live in, in, in Puerto Rico, which is a, an island in the Caribbean. Um, that's when I, I faced a little bit of limitations uh, to go to school, grooming school. So I went to a veterinarian clinic and I was basically uh, functioning as a veterinarian assistant. That's how uh, the closest I can get to dogs at that point. And, but then, you know, I really wanted to do something more than, than just giving assistance to the veterinarian. And that's when the grooming part came in. Um, in the island, there was no school, no educational program available. So basically, I, you know, I was just trying to find books and all kinds of educational material so I can, I can start, you know, working with dogs and give beauty to them. Um, the veterinarian initially, he said, well, um, I'm going to give you five, $5 per dog. Um, if you can shape them down, just take all the hair off so I can do my surgeries and all my, my procedures. And I'm like, Hmm, um, maybe I can just, you know, start working with clippers and working with the dogs and see how it goes. Plus I can, I can make some extra money and why not? So that's when I started, but it wasn't making my heart happy. I wasn't happy about just shaving down dogs. Um, that wasn't what, what I was looking for. And, you know, basically that's how it all started. And, and, but you know, it's been a long journey. <laughs> well, let's, um, let's talk a little bit about that journey because I know that the Hey Joe listener audience out there is going to just be really intrigued and they're probably, you know, they're probably at the edge of their seats just wanting to know who is this Victor character and what, what is he, what is he made of and, and where did he come from? And, you know, what were, you know, so it, what an interesting start to the story. What did you do? How, what did you do before the veterinary uh, uh, job then? So how did you, how did you land in that job? Well, before that, I was in high school. Okay, um, so that was a I job started, right out of the high school. <laughs> I started really young. Okay, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to say my age right now. Uh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> but it was just a few but, years ago, right? <laughs> yeah, just just a few years ago. Um, but it was. I come from a, uh, from a family with not much income, and you know I. I really, I had to start um, working as just right out high school, just to make some money to be able to go to college. Um, but it had, you know, I was always so attached to dogs because my family always had dogs. I remember I, I grew up with Pekingese um, and, you know, that was, I think it, it, that's that's so important to, because I, that, that how it started. The love of dogs came from my family. As I grew up, I grew up with dogs at home all the time. Pekingese, and I remember, I think, one chihuahua. And always small dogs. Um, but I think it, you know, that basically 
you know, put that love for dogs just right there. My family was really responsible and they took extreme care of dogs. So I had a really good foundation on that way. Um, I always respect and I still, you know, I, the more I, I keep going in this industry, the more I go, the more I respect dogs. So, you know, it's, it's amazing. You know, Victor, that's such a powerful word too, is respect. I think, you know, I've, I've been in the industry for, uh, uh, I won't say my age, but maybe <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're smart like me. I, I've, <laughs> I've been doing it for a few years as well. Uh, but that respect factor and not only respect for the dogs, but also the pet parents and our coworkers and our fellow professionals in the industry. And what was interesting, what you said was that, uh, you know, when you get this job right out of high school to go to work for a veterinarian and the veterinarians, you know, wanting to throw you a few dollars to shave down dogs, you knew immediately that that's that shaving down the dogs wasn't necessarily paying them the best respect. So, so yeah. you, you started to seek out education. What was, what was, or who was your inspiration back then? Okay. Good question. I remember, um, I met, um, there was this, this veterinarian assistant. She came to the clinic to work and I had this, huge desire to learn English as well. So it was the love of dogs. Also, I really wanted to learn English. Spanish is my main language. So she came to the office. She was from Seattle and she was bilingual. Uh, but, you know, the, her Spanish was very limited. I decided to build a, a close uh, friendship with her. Her name is Amber. And she and I used to spend a lot of time together, me learning English and she learning Spanish from me, plus working together with dogs. Mm. Um, to my surprise, her mother, uh, she had uh, toy poodles, uh, toy poodles, and she groomed them. Uh, she used to groom them. Um, she had no groomers, uh, but, but she knew how to groom a poodle. Uh, basically putting the towel on top of the washing machine and, and then using clippers and shears and, and, and giving different type of haircuts. One day, we went to her house to meet her mom. Her mom was grooming these brown toy pool on top of the washing machine. And she was giving, <laughs> yeah, she was giving uh, I remember the dog's name, uh, Trinkle. And she was giving Trinkle this summer trim with, you know, a scissor top knot and pom-poms on each leg and, you know, a nice pom-pom on the tail. And when I saw that, I was like, wow, my heart started like pumping faster. I'm like, oh, it's not only shaving dogs. You can leave hair in some places of the body and you can make them look really pretty. And I'm like, I want to do that. Oh, wow. I want to do that. So I immediately, you know, I was like a little kid uh, in this candy store um, and was so excited. And she said, yes, please come every, uh, every afternoon. You can come. You can, we can go. Because I, I not only groom my own dogs, I also groom my neighbor's dogs. And they all have poodles. And, and we can, you know, we can work with them and you can learn. It's not only shaving dogs. It's it's also you can give them some styles and and I'm like, wow, oh my god. So 
yeah, I was there like every single day for two weeks and I was working with them. I'm like, this is what I want to do the rest of my life. I, that's it. I'm done. Wow. I, I <laughs> like how you said it. I like how you, <laughs> I like how you said it was like a kid in a candy store. It's almost like seeing color for the first time. I mean, I, I could, I Ooh. could, you drew such a great picture. I could see young Victor standing there looking. And you know, you know what she did happy. though, right? You know what she did? She, she was able to get free labor that, those afternoons by having you come yeah. up. <laughs> so I guess it was a win-win for both of you, right? So yeah, for both. I, I, you know, I was like blown away to see it's not only shaving dogs. There's more to it. And I, we can put bows. We can put, I mean, we can make them look cute. Uh, it's, it, it's, I don't know. I was like super excited. <laughs> when you, so when you were, when you were just starting then, right? So you, you, you've obviously just discovered, it sounds also Victor to me, like this was, this industry was, you were meant for this business, right? Obviously it was, it was, it was, uh, it was written that you were supposed to be in this, in, in this business. But in those early days, though, I'm sure there were some struggles. What what were some struggles that you faced? Again, you know, the Hey Joe listener audience out there, some of uh, some of our audience members are, uh, they, they might not be in the industry yet. Maybe they're contemplating or thinking about going into dog grooming as a career. And some have been in it for a little while, up to maybe even a long while. And some are, are seasoned professionals or veterans. But you know, everybody has those struggles when they first started. So especially for my newbies out there, my, my, my young groomers out there, uh, uh, baby groomers, we like to call them, what struggles did you face in the early days of your career? Maybe they would relate to that. One of the biggest uh, challenges that I faced, when all my development or my, uh, when I just identify what I wanted to do the rest of my life, basically that happened on on a moment in the history in in, in most of our countries uh, when there's this transition on the mentality of the of the people and and the cities itself that the dog it's not only um, a guard dog it's not meant to be on the backyard or like protecting your 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 house it's also part of the family it comes then it moves into your house. It it, it it plays inside your house and it becomes part of it, of your family. So I my development came with in, at the same moment as the dog also transitioned from from being uh, service into companionship, mm-hmm. and you know that changed the whole mentality because then you have to deal with these people that they you know. Um, they don't want cutie cutie. They just want functional. And, and sometimes, you know, you face those challenge. Also the, the mentality to go to a dog groomer. What is a dog groomer? You know, Mm -hmm. I, I just take like here in in Latin American countries, uh, they just shave down dogs at that, those years back, back in those years, it used to shave dogs on the veterinary clinic. Now we have, dog grooming salons and you know we have doggy spa and we have boarding facilities and it's just uh, a transition basically i i face all the challenge on the mentality of the dog owners and how to turn them into uh this more um it's not humanized dogs but it just uh be more 
responsible or treat dogs more like pets. Right, right. Yeah. So it's an interesting, you know, I, I kind of expected you were going to say uh, money or, or education uh, availability or uh, a number of dogs. What a great interesting observation that you had one of your the, the the struggles that comes to your mind right off the top of your head was that transition that mental shift if you would of the pet becoming mm-hmm. more family and 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 what that meant for the pet parents to have to think about it differently like, than that so that's what a great observation victor i face uh for example when i started and and maybe we're going to talk a little bit about financial thing but i'm not going to get into those details but I managed to build a business uh, in my city uh, out of dog grooming, just dog grooming. For the city I live, this was like, you know, like something new. They had no idea. And they had never seen, um, you know, doing doggy haircuts as, as a profession. They don't see the dog groomer as a, as a professional at that moment. And I remember uh, me, um, like going in my, for example, going in my car, I used years back, I love a uh, sport car and I always have my, my really nice car and going around the city. And I remember some people just making comments like, Oh, how can you pay for that car? Uh, just by, by just shaving dogs. Mm-hmm. You see comments like that. It's just the mentality that it, they don't put the groomer as a professional or the dog grooming as something that it's needed on on in our cities as the yeah. dog is just part of of our society in a different way. You know, Victor, uh, uh, and, and what's interesting about what you're saying is that we still struggle with that today. The professional mm-hmm. grooming industry is still sometimes seen as a, uh, a, a less than uh, it's more of an inferior uh, choice of, of of profession when when you know uh, my in my career one of the things that that I've always uh, strived for and and now being part of Paragon School of Pet Grooming is to raise the level of professionalism and 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 one of the best ways we 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 do that and 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 I know Victor you've been really successful in doing that is by making sure that you are contributing to the respect and professionalism uh, of the industry versus just becoming complacent and, and actually giving the common public any fuel for saying, see, that's what I mean about the industry. Look at how he dresses or she dresses or, or behaves or speaks or uh, uh, the quality or you know those types of things in, in our industry uh, really could benefit by everybody raising the bar of their professionalism and, and expertise. And at Paragon, we have something called education is everything. And we believe that to our core. Uh, and, it, and it's interesting that you bring up the same, uh, uh, kind of the same uh, uh, perspective of, of the industry. So, uh, And also the um, image, uh, how we present ourselves. Uh, as I go in different countries around the world, I always tell them uh, the word professional. We are professional. We have to uh, present ourselves in the society as professionals and and look and not only us, but also our business. Like my business uh, in those years, 
in my city, my business looked like a spa. Like I, 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 I remember I had pictures and I looked at it. I'm like, Oh my God, Victor. Um, yeah. <laughs> it looked like a doggy spa. And I remember some people, they just stopped by to sit down and relax. So I have this, this nice spa music going on and then nice lighting and the decoration. It, it didn't look like a grooming salon. It looked more like a, like you go into a spa mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. And, and a doggy boutique. And I always like use that language, that nice language. And it just basically raised the bar and make you look more uh, professional. Think and look like it, it makes a big difference. Right, right. Well, and, you know, I've often said that, that if you respect yourself and respect the industry, you will be respected. So I think you, you, you get what you give at that point. And, and, uh, I, you know, it, it is a personal mission. It is our professional mission at Paragon. I love to hear that there are people like you out there, Victor, that are also making your mission. Hey, Victor, so if you could go, if you could go back in time and talk to young Victor, <laughs> uh, what, what would you say to him? Get ready. You're going to have a really exciting future, Victor. (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. I love that. I love that. I expected like, okay, well, be careful. Do this, do that. No, no, no. Just get ready. (laughs) No, I wouldn't change a thing. Um, I think everything that has happened in my life, um, I never use the word struggle or or problems or nothing negative. I see even if it looks negative, it, makes me i mean it makes me what i am right now and i don't know it's a beautiful journey and i wouldn't change a thing i think everything came right in the moment and the more it goes and the more things i i discover that i can do uh it's based on the thing that i just uh experienced in the past that it's just a continuation so i wouldn't change a thing nice just a quick, just a quick reminder to our to our listeners out there. This is the uh, Hey Joe podcast, and we are talking with one of the grooming industry superstars, Victor Rosado. Uh, Victor sharing uh, his story with us today. And uh, if if you've been listening for the first half of this podcast, you are I'm sure already very inspired and 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 just hearing uh, about his path and and. Uh, uh, and I hope that that uh, uh, the second half of this podcast is going to be, and I know it's going to be just as powerful, if not more than the first half. So if you uh, have any questions that you would like uh, for us to cover uh, uh, in, in a Hey Joe podcast in the future, be sure to start emailing us at heyjoequestions at paragonpetschool.com. You can find uh, this podcast link so that you can share it and subscribe to it by visiting paragonpetschool.com and visiting the podcast page. So Victor, one of the, uh, uh, you know, I identified kind of who our, our listener audience is, is comprised of. What, what I was going to kind of uh, divide those folks up a little bit. What words of wisdom would you have for people that might be listening who are considering grooming as a career? Uh, I think first, it's the respect for dogs um, and then passion. If you are very passionate about um, grooming or working in, a, in our industry, uh, then I think respect and passion will be two powerful uh, words 
It has to be in your system in order to be able to uh, dedicate your life to dog grooming. Mm-hmm. So passion and respect, those are, those are powerful words. Uh, and it sounds yeah, like otherwise you core. may have the intention of, you know, the financial part or, uh, or it can be any, anything, but if you don't have the passion, if you don't have the respect, uh, basically you're going to, going to go, you're going to burn out in no time. Mm-hmm. I see many groomers. They just, they go to school, they take training, they, you know, they're good, but then one or two years and they're out. They have no patience. They have, they just, you know, it's, it's not easy to work with dogs. Uh, you, you need a lot of love and patience to be able to give them beauty. Um, they're not robots. You know, these are pets. And so you need that respect and you need that passion to be able to survive, you know, and be able to groom for years and years. Well, and, and I've even said that if, and, and I've used other core attributes of people uh, uh, to, to make that same point, but, you know, if you do have those attributes, it's amazing how much easier a difficult job might be. Yeah, exactly. And you can formation, it's important. Formation. Um, one thing that has helped me tremendously, it's I started first on the confirmation dog show world and and i became a licensed judge um and, and that put me in the position to take testing and training through all the the groups like the herding the working the non-sporting the sporting group the companion group and the sidehounds to be able to understand them to to study them uh their their standards and their temperament, it's, it, it has helped me tremendously to understand when I handle dogs and when I groom them. Um, that's why, you know, I think, I think education and formation is super important and, you know, use with your, along with your passion and with, with, you, with your respect for dogs, it creates a really nice recipe for success. Oh, that's, those are, those are such valuable words. So, so, okay. So, you know, obviously again, part of our audience is also there, there are folks out there in the Hey Joe listener audience right now that are, they're in the grooming industry, but maybe, maybe they've just started or they're uh, uh, baby groomers there. Maybe they're just a, 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 a few years in what do you have any words of wisdom for, for that particular group? Um. Like I said, I mean, just if you're passionate about grooming, if you love dogs, um, I think um, it's it's one of the most important parts. Um, then I think uh, education, education, it's it's key. Uh, training to be able to understand the use of tools, the use of, you know, what. Today we have, I mean, all kinds of tools and equipment available. It's not like the old times. We had to improvise with what we had. Um, and also we have educational, uh, we have schools, we have certification system. We have, it, it's a complex system right now that really it's very groomers friendly. Um, because I remember years ago, I didn't have, I just had a book. <laughs> an old book that's all i had 
<laughs> wow. Wow. You made the best of it, my friend. I'm telling you. <laughs> and I remember my clipper used to make so much noise and blow hair uh, through my face. <laughs> it was heavy and big, and it was very difficult to use. And I just have, I think, maybe number 10 blade and, and of course, the number 40 because it was in a veterinary clinic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just, that's all I had. And my shears, you can cut paper and hair at the same time. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> that's how I started. Now we have this whole complex line of tools and equipment. You name it. Mm-hmm. So it's easier. But you need education to be able to use those tools and that equipment. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm so pleased to hear you say that because at Paragon School of Pet Grooming, you know, between our different education platforms and such, that's exactly what we think about. And it's, it's nice to hear that, that you're validating our, 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 our motto of education is everything. So, so Victor, what about the people that have been in it for a while, right? So they've been grooming, maybe they're 10 plus years in it. What, maybe they're questioning, all right, what's next for me? Maybe they've hit a wall, right? Well, what would you recommend that they look at what can be next for somebody that's been in it for a while? Um, I think um, if you have been for a while, then you have to look back or just, you know, think about what things you can learn and improve. Um, I think by taking continuous education, it will put you in, in, you know, with the latest in grooming techniques. Uh, for example, we usually when we start training and bathing and prepping, okay, good, that's the, the basic. But like for example, I see everywhere I go, like hand stripping, which is one of the oldest of all grooming techniques, and sometimes we, we just forget about that. Mm-hmm. We just, you know, we don't pay attention to that. We are I think just, people are, you know, I think people are intimidated by it, right? Because it, it it's so different, maybe, than what they are used to doing if they're just been if they've just been handling clippers and and shears and combs and brushes, right? Yes, and that old technique. I mean, it's 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 super. I mean, it's it's very good for the salon. Economically speaking, it's it's very good it will keep your clients coming in and out in a regular basis you don't have to do much and it's actually it's becoming popular now it's coming back but like those techniques are something that you can if you feel like you're burnt out you're doing the same thing over and over it's time to go back to the drawing table and and i think you know like learn hand stripping learn how to do transformation or do something uh, that you normally don't do. Um, I think it's good. Like, um, learn how to groom herding, herding breeds and, or different kind of breeds that you're not used to. I think it will give you that, you know, it will freshen things up. You will feel more, uh, excited about grooming again. Like there's, it's something new. Oh. Right. Well, and, 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 you know, when, when we're learning this craft, right, we're, we're like children, we're, we're constantly learning, constantly learning. And I think what happens is that folks get stuck and they stop learning because they stop looking to learn. And because at some point in everybody's career or life, they get to a point where learning is scary. 
you know, as a child, you ask why, 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 why? What is that? What is that? Who is this? You know, so there's a lot of learning we do as a child, as a young person. But at some point in our life, and I'm not sure when that happens and how it happens to different people, but learning becomes sometimes intimidating or scary because we have to stretch ourselves. We have to be uncomfortable once again. And we have to admit that we don't know everything. And unfortunately, it's learning, to your point, Victor, very well said, it's learning that actually gets us out of a rut right? And, and refreshes us and re-energizes us. And, you know, like the more, remember, there's a transition that's still going in, in pets all around the world. Like all the cities are now becoming more pet friendly. And with that, that puts the dog more into our society. It goes to, now you can take your dog to, the, to hotels, restaurants, hospitals, airports. You find them everywhere. Mm-hmm. And as they become more popular, uh, there's also more trends. Like now we have the European trends, we have Asian trends, we have different, like for example, I just came from China and I was in five cities. And of those five cities, I saw a whole bunch of toy poodles, like all the time, toy poodles just walking uh, on the cities and they all have like high waters, high water shave feet. <laughs> like they shave their, it, it didn't look, I mean, I can see it. My I eyes. can see it. Yeah. On my eyes. It, it didn't look good, but it's a trend is a tendency. Mm-hmm. And, and I have to be open mind to understand why those dogs walk every day. I, I have to see how, how clean is are the city, how, how clean are the streets for them to shave those feet so high and how often it rains. And so when you, when you put all those pieces together, then you can understand why there's a tendency to do that. And, and that opens your mind as a hairstylist that not only, not only you make the dog, you know, you don't make them look pretty, but also it has to be a functional haircut. And, you know, that's when, when you just, Okay, I need to learn. I need to understand. It's constant training, and as the dog, as there's an evolution, and uh, as we see the dog in the cities, then we have to just, you know, open our mind, our our hairstylist, and just be able to do something different. So, Victor, you you use a really great word, and it was evolution, and. Uh, you know, the grooming industry is, is uh, you know, I've been doing this for over 30 years in the grooming industry. Oops, I just said it. I probably dated myself. See, I tipped my, <laughs> I tipped my hand. I did it. Doggone it. Uh, but, um, you know, so in your, in your opinion, Victor, um, what changes or challenges do you see uh, on the horizon for the grooming industry? Well, I hate to say it, but um, I think social media, um, because it just uh, sometimes, uh, as everything is, uh, sometimes we see uh, the use of, of like pictures and, and they just put education or they just put videos of things that they do on social media. And it's not exactly, when we go to school, there's a, well good training program it's designed custom designed for to train people from zero and just 
making them in you know into uh, a professional uh and sometimes on social media they just give away these uh fake lessons um uh, some some of our professional they just get a couple of likes and and they just feel like you know they can continue uh giving away that you know what they know and sometimes it's not specifically designed to to train you for something and and i think it's maybe social media it's one of those i think we have to uh respect you know the educational platforms um uh, that we have and just stick with it and you know i think it's it's one of those big problems that i see right now yeah yeah, I, I would agree with you. They're, they're, social media is making information available to everybody, but sometimes that information, uh, you know, if, if information is provided by everybody, uh, uh, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're credible. So, you know, the, the folks that are out there, uh, just do your homework, even though, it's, even though it's, it's served up right in front of you and it's very easy to search and, and find things, at, you know, it's, it's not always accurate or, or, and or it, can steer you really right down the wrong direction. And in my case, for example, we, I, I, I teach different levels. Um, I not only teach uh, students, I also teach uh, professors and people that, you know, that are educators. And I give them continuous education. The problem is when you have a person that goes on social media and expose uh, or just do some, um, some videos, teaching something and get a good response from from the audience and they feel like they they have it they're you know like they are stars and and they basically shut down the possibility to take more continuous education because they just reach a level and they have followers probably they don't need more continuous education and that when i get so sad uh because it's it's difficult for me and for some other educators and I just, you know, I speak in, you know, for myself, I, I, I don't want to name anyone, but um, then they just basically shut down uh, and you cannot educate them. And, and it's just sad sometimes. Yeah. Well, to be the, be, to, to be the best teacher, Victor, you have to be a good learner uh, at the same mm -hmm. token. And, and it really is, you know, it, it's like a piece of pipe. I've often said it's like a piece of pipe. It has two ends, right? If one's closed exactly. down, the piece of pipe is, is non-functional. It's only functional for a very limited time until that pipe gets full, right? You can't fit anything else in it. But if you keep both ends of the pipe open, one end being learning and the other end being teaching, right? So now you, yeah, now I, I you learn every day. flowing, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, no, you're exactly right. So and just to uh, clarify, my information is based on international point of view. So it, we're, we're not talking about United States of America. We're basically my, my view from all around the globe as I go and as I, as I see um, the reaction and how, how social media uh, doesn't help us that way. Um, mm -hmm. to, you know, it's not something that it's regional from the United States. It's everywhere. Yeah, no, you're, you're, that's a great point, Victor. You, you are, uh, your eyes have seen uh, uh, and you've experienced things that, that most uh, grooming professionals won't. And that's one of the brilliant parts and why we're so flattered uh, that you were uh, uh, so happily, you so happily accepted the invitation to be a Hey Joe 
podcast guest today. And one thing I want to let our, our listeners know is that Victor has agreed to be a return guest, which is incredible. And I know that we, Victor, we are going to, in, in, in another episode, talk about competition. And what does it take to uh, what does it take to to get there, and what does that look like? And because that's a completely different world than than uh, you know Betty pet parent bringing their pets into grooming salon. So I'm really really excited to to talk to you about that. Um, I just want to I want to put a, a big shout out there and say again. Uh, uh, thank you again, Victor, for helping us. I know our audience, uh, I'm sure, was just thrilled with the content, and I know it's going to be very not only informational but I hope uh, inspirational as well. Um, thank you to our audience, our listener audience, for all of uh, your great questions. Uh, remember to send your questions to heyjoequestions at paragonpetschool.com. Uh, we can go out and find subject matter experts to help answer those questions for you because if you're asking that question, there's a good chance that other colleagues and teammates and, and, and uh, 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 fellow practitioners in grooming are also asking those same questions. So, hey, Joe, questions at paragonpetschool.com, and you might just hear your topic discussed with an industry expert in the near future. Please share this podcast with your team members uh, that you work with and friends and family in the industry who you think should know about it and who might benefit by listening to it. Victor, thank you again so much, and I look forward to, uh, oh, thank you. I look forward to our next time together. 